Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engage podcast. Hosted by Bunny Pounds, this podcast is created as part of our ministry to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower believers in Jesus Christ to pray for our nation and elected officials regularly, to vote in every election to impact our culture, and to help us engage our hearts in some form of civic education and involvement for the well-being of our nation. Please share this podcast and our ministry with your family and friends by asking them to take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. They can take the pledge on our website at christiansengaged.org. We can all change America one heart at a time. We are here to serve you and empower you to be a leader in your community. Hey, everybody, it's the end of the year. And as we're celebrating the Christmas season this week, I felt like we needed to replay um, a message from our 2021 Wake Up Conference by Kyle Martin. Kyle is the president and founder of Time to Revive. We actually uh, office um, one time a week in their office at Time to Revive. This is the evangelistic ministry that we partner with to see people come to Jesus. Um, Time to Revive keeps us focused on what's really important, which is winning the lost. And I preached a message at our 2022 Wake Up Conference on the gospel's preeminent because the work that we're doing with Christians Engage is simply this. We have to save America. We have to save the liberty of this country because the gospel's preeminent because we have to share the gospel. And we are all believing for a third great awakening in this nation. But if this nation but doesn't remain free, and it doesn't remain economically free as well, I'll go that far, we will not see um, the gospel to be able to go to the ends of the earth. Matthew 24, Jesus said that this gospel of the, of the kingdom will be preached in all the earth in every nation, and then the end will come. We believe that America is not special as far as God sees us in a special way above everybody else, but we do see that America is special and that God's given us a responsibility as a free land and an economically prosperous land to see his love and his gospel go around the world. So we're going to replay this message by Kyle Martin um, on hearing God. And as we go into the next year, let's be sensitive to hear God in this next year. Um, you're going to be blessed by this message by Kyle Martin from Time to Revive. Amen. Good afternoon. Hey, look, I'm right there with you. This is the afternoon. Uh, my wife and I, Laura, uh, we just came. We, we're from Richardson, Texas, and my, we just came from my little boy's overtime flag football game literally a couple hours ago. So, like, I'm with you. This morning we had a volleyball game. This, this is called life, though, is it not? The reality is, is how do you adjust and adapt to all of this? And, you know, I want to just say it's an honor to run with Bunny and her team. I don't know if you guys know, Bunny actually, at times, they, they actually office out of our office together. That's how like-minded we are. And I love, 
That was Bunny, by the way. <laughs> Here, here's, how this, here's how this works. If, you know, I was praying yesterday morning about, you know, Christians engaged in the, in the title of Wake Up. And, you know, I, I think we've used this language over and over in the United States, right? This, this wake, this woke, this, all these language of these terms. And, and I, I asked the Lord, how does this happen for us? How do we get engaged? You guys have been uh, blessed by many, many speakers last night with uh, Rick Perry, and then you have obviously people like Corey Russell, you hear from like June Hunt, you have people that are incredibly blessed, and the question is, is how do we now do something with all of this practically? And I want to just tell you, my, what I heard from the Holy Spirit was, is we need to wake up to the Holy Spirit. We cannot in the church play games and be afraid of the Holy Spirit in his life. I've, I've done a lot of school, a lot of seminary, and it's almost like the Spirit of God. If I said, the, what if I started talking about the Holy Ghost instead of the Holy Spirit? Does that freak you out? A little bit, but it's, it's, it's the same language. The Holy Spirit can move in our lives. And what I want to do is, is today, I, first of all, I just want to walk through this process of how do we get to that point where we're truly waking up to the Spirit of God so that we can get engaged in any environment. You know, for me, Jesus, if you guys, if you guys have your Bibles, I hope you do. If you're ready and willing, would you open up your Bibles and you're just going to stare at me like you don't have them. It's okay. We also have them. I think we have this up here on the screen. There's a text from Luke 22 that I want to walk through today. And we're going to walk through what does this look like in order to be engaged. And I think it's so important. And this is my prayer is that the Lord would continue to encourage us to walk this out so practically. You know, I have to tell you this, when Jesus was getting ready to come into Jerusalem, he showed that he was ready and willing. So when I say, are you willing to get engaged, like you have to be to the point, you wouldn't be here tonight if you weren't already ready. Does that make sense? So you're already in a good step, but Jesus begins to model for us, how do we do this? And, and I think it says this in Matthew 26, 12 through 13, I'm, I want to read something. Jesus was ready, and it says this, By pouring this fragrant oil in my body, she has prepared me for burial. I assure you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told in memory of her. Jesus got ready by putting himself in a posture of being anointed, right? Do you realize that because of your faith in Christ, you already are anointed? You don't need extra oil. In 1 John 2, it's pretty clear. Every one of us has already been anointed. Amen? So you are already ready to walk out this posture, but you got to believe that you're there. But once you're ready, I love what Christ did, and it says in Luke 9, 51, write this down. I'm going to throw a lot of verses at you. Just write fast. When the days were coming to a close for him to be taken up, he determined the journey to Jerusalem. You know what that means? He was ready, and he was willing to walk it out. The reality is, is the culture does not change based on our pew sitting. You have to walk this thing out and willing to do this, even though the consequences are not probably going to be the greatest. I love what I was talking to Buddy about what, uh, you know, Governor Perry said uh, last night. There's no retirement. You know, if you flip it, I have four kids. We have four kids, a fourth grader, and then three girls. Bless me and my wife, a junior higher and two high school girls. That's a lot. <laughs> just wanted to tell you, I guess. No, here's what I would just say. In all of this, um, life is hard, but you have to be willing to engage the culture regardless. 
And with my kids, yeah, there might be a, 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 you know, a retirement mentality. There's no junior Holy Spirit and there's no retired Holy Spirit. And so I want to walk you through a text today. You know, Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. I don't know if you've been to Jerusalem, but please go. And in Jerusalem at this time, it depends who you ask. They're estimating anywhere from, this is kind of an array, this sounds weird, but 200,000 to up to, yes, <laughs> 3 million people. Josephus, a great historian. So you have an array of Jewish people that are coming to the city. Now, why are they coming to the city? Well, usually they're celebrating seven different festivals or feasts. Amen? So in this process, this is what they're doing. They're coming into this process. Now, three times they're required to come as the males. And I want to set the stage here, and it says this in Luke 22, and the text is up here in verse 7. And I want you to write this phrase down. I think this is so important, because to me, what happens is, in order to walk in the Spirit, in order to wake up to the Spirit, you have to first and foremost trust in God's timing. What do I mean by that? It means you cannot function in your flesh and make it happen. So Luke 22, 7 says, Then the, then the day of unleavened bread came, when the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed, Christ came to Jerusalem at the right time. When everything was already being celebrated. Now, you have Passover. You guys know what Passover is. You have what they're celebrating when the blood was put on the, on the, on the posts and on the lentils, right? And it was the spirit of death would pass over, right? Very simply, the, the, the doorpost, and so it would not kill the firstborns of the, of the Jews, well, that same celebration happens today. They still celebrate Passover. When Christ was coming in, he knew the timing was right. What I hear sometimes in the political world is we try to force things when it's not God's timing. In the business world, sometimes we try to force something when we know it's not God's hand. Do you understand what I'm talking about? When we get anxious and we try to put something into motion and you know it's not God, pull back and trust in his timing, that's when you begin to understand what it means to walk in the spirit. When you get all worked up because something gets you fired up, first of all, trust in his timing. That's so important to understand. I'll give you an example. Our offices are in Richardson, Time Revive office. I'm in the back. I'm in the back of this, what we call this Israeli war room. I'm sitting back there. I'm studying. And a guy walks into the back. And as he walks into the back, I thought he was an Amazon guy. I thought he was a FedEx guy. I thought he was a UPS guy. And I was like, hey, do you need me to sign something? And he looked at me like, what? He's like, who are you? I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like, apparently nobody was in our office except me and this guy. And we're sitting there. And I was like, what? He goes, are you guys a church? And I was like, well, we're the body of Christ, but not what you would think of as like the church of a big building. He's like, I got to talk. He was a worker that was a block away. And he walked in and he unloaded. You see, what, I, what you don't know is that prior to that, five minutes before, I was beginning to get restless because every day I've made a commitment to go out and share the gospel this year. And I love it. And I felt like almost my flesh was kicking in. You got to go, you got to go, you got to go. You ever really, you feel like you got to make something happen? And God just said, sit here. I'll bring him to you. And the next thing you know, I, I sense from the Spirit of God, we're supposed to go to this room, we pray, and I said, bring your backpack. He brings his backpack. In the middle of our time, I'm praying over him. He loses it. He's weeping. He's crying. He pulls out his backpack, and he starts throwing down, yes, crack cocaine pipes. He starts throwing out two bottles of alcohol. He starts throwing out condoms and all these other addiction things. And then he pulls meth out of his sock and puts it down. 
And I'm like, anything else? (laughs) But here's the deal. What if I left and made it my own? I'm telling you, if you want to learn how to get engaged, trust God first. You cannot make this agenda your own deal. When you realize God's still in control of our United States, that's the first posture that we need to put ourselves in. It's a trust factor. In Jesus, he showed the disciples, trust me, I'm in control. And it begins to unfold. And by the way, in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, and 8, you know this text, but just as a general reminder, Scripture says, Paul writes, clean out the old yeast so that you may be a new batch. You are indeed unleavened for Christ our what? Passover has been sacrificed. Christ knew this was the time. I want to encourage every one of us, and part, a part of Christians engaged, first trust in his timing. Because everything else will unfold according to his will. You know, when you, you go through this, and, and by the way, you know this text, but it's, it's a good one to write down. It's your fridge verse. It's a bumper sticker verse. It's not as big as the bumper sticker, though, that Christians Engaged has. <laughs> Does it come with a spotlight is my question. It's awesome. Now, Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And what? Do not rely on your own understanding. Have you ever gotten to the point where you always try to figure it out? Like, God, I really don't understand what you're doing in the United States. Have we, anybody else ask that question? But if you trust God, it's going to work out. And in Luke 22, it says, the verse it continues on, in verse 8, it's pretty simple. It says, Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare the Passover meal for us so we can eat it. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down this one. When you trust in God's timing, he'll then give you direction. You're talking about Christians being engaged. Trust that he's in this. And now what? Believe that he's going to show you the next step. So he actually shows Peter and John. He says, hey, guys, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go prepare the Passover meal for us so we can eat it. Interesting enough, there's 12 disciples. He only tells two. Why? Because of timing. If he tells 12, he does not want an uproar. He does not want chaos. He wants his disciples to quietly go and get things ready. Sometimes in the political world, you do things and don't do it to be noticed. Sometimes your role is to go behind the scenes and to what? Set the table for the Lord to show up. To me, that's the mentality that you heard of these men and women that were sitting up here, the congressman clouds and and, and the state reps and, and the fathers and the wives. Like, to me, this is a servant mentality. It's not for his, it's not for their glory, it's for God's glory. And that's what I hear. Carry this spirit into your life, into whatever he's asking you to do. Because for me, practically, he will give you direction. And by the way, If the Holy Spirit speaks to you, don't get weirded out. In John 10, 27, please write this down. It says, my sheep hear my voice, and then what? And then they will follow me. He's either speaking to you or he's not. But the really way I want to answer this and say this is he is speaking to you, but do you want to respond to him? The Holy Spirit is speaking to every one of us. If you believe, just to make sure we're all on the same page, in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you've declared that he is your Lord and Savior, you have the indwelling Holy Spirit inside of you. That's not charismatic. That's just biblical. And when you trust in God's timing, 
believe that he's going to give you direction. You know, uh, <laughs> interesting enough, uh, when you get to the point of starting to hear his voice, I'm going to tell you, this is going to sound really strange. There's four voices, I believe. Stephen Castillo, I, I love how he listed this. He actually believes, and I do too, that you hear four voices almost every day. Don't leave yet. I believe if you hear from the Holy Spirit, the first voice you hear is his. The second voice is you trying to figure out, was that the Holy Spirit? You're laughing because we all do it. The third voice is the enemy saying, you never heard his voice in the first time. And so this constant cycle, and then the fourth voice, if you ever get involved, is like your friends, your family, they're starting to speak into it. And sometimes, and please understand this, I believe counsel is wise, but sometimes that brings confusion to what you already heard in the first place. Trust in God's timing, and then he's going to give you direction. I, I, I think it's so funny to me when, when Christians, when they act and look bored, because when you follow Jesus, it is probably the most ridiculous, radical adventure you'll ever find. You have the, the living God inside of you. The power of the resurrection is inside of us. And if you want to see how does this community radically get engaged, wake up to the Holy Spirit. It's actually not that complicated. I just think, though, sometimes we need a little help. And it's exactly what the disciples did in Luke 22, verse 9. After they got direction, if you go to the next slide for me, after they got direction, they asked for clarification. Ask. Don't be afraid. Like, look, our four kids, when we say something to them, we actually expect them to answer and say, hey, what did you mean by that? That's the polite way sometimes that they'll respond. <laughs> Right? If you have kids, you're with me. Amen. So watch. They ask, where do you want us to prepare it? They asked them. Where? Where do you want us to do this? How do you want us to do this? Anybody in this place right now? Like you've heard from the Holy Spirit. He's told you a direction, and now you're like, hey, can I, can I have a little bit of clarity in this? But look who they asked, by the way. Where do you, you Hey, Jesus, where do you want us to do this? Not me, not my spouse, not my friends, not my family. I, I'm telling you guys, in America, we elevate family equal to, to Christ. I love my wife. We love each other. But we cannot let that get in the way of his calling in our lives. That's what I love when I heard about Congressman Cloud and the support from his wife. Like, they get that. That's what we want to do in every single day. And don't be afraid to ask for clarity. And can I just say this? How do, you, how do you ask for clarity? I think you go to the Word of God. And by the way, there's denominations today in our country that are confused. They say, well, 95% of this is true. Or 80% is just true. You look, it's either all or none. And I believe it's 100% true. When you start playing games that it's 90%, how can you prove then that Christ actually died for you? You can't. You have to take it all or none. And so in this process, ask Jesus based on the Word of God. Put yourself in a community, please. A community, must you must be surrounded. We are not meant to walk alone. That's why I actually love that the Christians engage, uh, Ian and Bunny and their crew, they're with us. I love that because it means we can do life together. 
aside from scriptures and community, how do you know this is of the Lord? You'll actually start seeing fruit. Fruit. I want to go back just very simply. I, I think we make this too hard. <laughs> Trust in his timing. And he's going to give you direction. As he gives you direction, ask yes for clarification. You know, I'm going to tell you a story. It's probably one that radically changed my life. I was in Jerusalem. At Time to Revive, at times we've partnered with what's called the Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast. Our little evangelistic ministry has partnered with the Israeli Knesset. And so the Israeli Knesset, the, the, the government there, we were asked to host their prayer breakfast in Jerusalem and all over the world. And so in this process, we've gotten to know some people. While I'm here in Jerusalem, I'm at a, I'm at a salad buffet line. And there's a guy in front of me, and the Holy Spirit very clearly, I hear, I need you to tap him on the shoulder and invite him to go to the Sea of Galilee tomorrow. Now, in my mind, I'm like, that's stupid. Because I don't know this guy, I don't know anything about him, and I'm in Jerusalem. You just don't tap people on the shoulder there. And so I did. <laughs> he didn't have a metal plate, but you get it. And I was like, hey, how are you? He's like, hey, good. And I was like, hey, um, would you like to go to the Sea of Galilee with me tomorrow? <laughs> There's nothing normal about that, by the way. <laughs> nothing. And he was like, what? And I was like, I'm Kyle. I'm just where are you from? He goes, Albania. And I go, I don't even know where that is. <laughs> so like, if he's going to ask you in the Holy Spirit to do something, it doesn't mean you're qualified. <laughs> amen. Yeah, amen. And so it turns out this guy's from Ohio. And I'm like, I'm originally from Indiana. Praise the Lord. And I was like, you want to go to the Sea of Galilee? And he's like, sure. And I was like, really? I'm at a salad buffet line and an Israeli prayer breakfast for Jews and Christians to come together and unite. So the next day we go to the Sea of Galilee and we go there and we're in the car ride on the way home and I'm like, hey, what do you think we're doing in the car together? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> it's so weird, man, let me tell you. And he said, I'm just supposed to tell you, uh, I know the heads of states in the Balkan, the Balkan states. And again, if you don't know where Albania is, you don't know about the Balkan states. And I was like, what? And he goes, he goes I know presidents and prime ministers. And I was like, huh. And I go, I'm just going to tell you what the Spirit of God just spoke to me. I go, can you introduce me to them so I can introduce Jerusalem and have those countries put their embassies in Jerusalem? And he goes, yes. And I go, well... Okay, like, here's what I want to tell you something. When you get engaged, you won't be able to figure it out. How much does it cost to go to these places? I don't even know where they are. But I'm telling you, you guys, what happens to the Christians in America is we try to calculate out God too many times. You can't budget God when you're walking in the Spirit of God. And so in this process... We then began to talk, and I just said, hey, uh, and you guys know some of these individuals. Michelle Bachman is a good family friend of Laura and I, and so I said, hey, I, I, Michelle and I and another individual from Israel, uh, Albert, we wanna, we're going to come if you can help set up a meeting. Well, the next thing you know, I hear on the news, the president of Kosovo wants to meet with Israelis. Kosovo, okay, came out of Serbia. 
Israel does not recognize Kosovo at all. Because if Israel recognized Kosovo, it would be like them supporting Palestine to pull out of Israel and start their own state. Does that make sense? And I'm thinking, wait, this is an all-Muslim country. They don't recognize each other, and I'm going to go propose that they put an embassy in Jerusalem? And so the next thing you know, we're on a flight to Pristina, Kosovo. Drew Gibbs over there in the corner was with us. He filmed the whole thing. He was with us. We ended up meeting on behalf of not the United States, on behalf not Israel, as a follower of Jesus Christ. We wrote a letter to these individuals and said, we've been called to encourage you to support Israel, to an all-Muslim country. And the next thing you know, we're meeting with every head official you can think of in Kosovo. The night before, I get a text from a good friend of mine named Ray, and Ray says, hey, by the way, you need to meet with the prime minister and talk to him about the bloodshed of the land in Kosovo. Well, this guy, this prime minister, was charged twice at the World Hague, the court. The World Court, the Hague? He was acquitted twice for murder of over 300 people. And I got a prophetic word that says, talk to him about bloodshed? No thanks. <laughs> we talked about it. We sounded it out. And Drew's like, well. And I talked to my other friends. They're like, don't do it. <laughs> You'll kill the whole meeting, right? But I go back to the salad buffet line. What did I hear then? The Lord just said, just ask them if he can come with you to the Sea of Galilee. He didn't tell me to go to a country. He didn't tell me to meet with people. He just said, do the next step. And so what I want to hear in this text, I want you to see this text, you guys. It says, as you ask for clarification, go to Luke 22, and then it says 10 through 12. You need to listen for specifics. As you ask for clarification, he'll tell you more. It says, listen, he said to them. Remember, he's talking to two guys, Peter and John. And he says, hey, when you've entered the city, a man carrying a water jug will meet you. Follow him into the house he enters. Tell the owner of the house. The teacher asks you, where's the guest room where I can eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he'll show you a large furnace room upstairs. Make the preparations there. So you got two guys that are told to walk into a place, meet with a guy that has a water jug. Now, I will tell you this. You know, back then, the women were the ones that carried the water jugs. So clearly God had already set aside somebody to stand out. And can I tell you this? This might be a little radical, but just go along with me. I think the water jug guy was in on the deal. I think the Holy Spirit had already prepped this man's heart to welcome those two to get it ready. You see, what happens in the body of Christ, when Christians actually get engaged and everybody in this room actually walks in the Holy Spirit, we begin to get ready for his return. Come on, you hear this? The scripture is so clear. This isn't the first time, but I believe that when we all walk in the Holy Spirit, he's all asking us to walk in the water jug series. All of us to say, I'm going to walk this out. Because when we do this together, that's when you see a move of God. That's what Bunny and her team is all about, to get the body of Christ to start working together in the Spirit. But that means each one of us has to get to the point where we know what it means to hear from him. And so if you're asking for clarification, listen for the specifics. Can you imagine those two in their conversation? Now, you ask the guy for the place. I'm not asking the guy. You talk to the water jug guy. Hey, do you got the room for us? We sounded out so much that we quenched the Holy Spirit. The night before, I got that text from my buddy. 
And he said, talk to the prime minister about the bloodshed. And I'm thinking, it's all Muslims. Like, do you ever go to the worst case scenario? If I talk to the bloodshed, they're going to kill us. Like, you laugh, but that's the thought that runs in my mind. When you listen to the Holy Spirit, you always seem to go to the drastic bad scenarios, don't we? But when you go back to the first point of trusting in His timing, it works. And so I remember Drew and I, <laughs> Drew, do you remember this? All the, all the coasts of ours, they're all across one way. And then you got Michelle. Michelle does an awesome job. She's speaking to the prime minister. And then you got the Israelis. And then you got uh, these guys from Albania. And then you got me and Drew at the end. And I remember looking at Drew and I go, hey, Drew, I'm going there. And Drew goes, wait, let me get my camera. You're going to go there? Like, I'm freaking out, shaking. I want to tell you this because just because you walk in the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you're not nervous. I, I think you think there's some crazy light that shines on you and everything just works. I, I don't see that. I just see that you're empowered by the Holy Spirit and you got to work through this. That's when we'll see a change in our culture, you guys. And so after everybody had talked, I, I asked for permission with the prime minister of Kosovo if I could talk. And I said, on behalf of those that walk with Jesus, could we seek forgiveness for the bloodshed in this land? Man. And by the end, we all stood up, and we circled up, and we prayed with Muslims and believers and Jews. And I'm not, please don't hear me say this, I'm not saying that uh, it's an economical, you know, uh, where everybody's coming together. Like, I believe Christ is the only way, the truth, and life. So don't hear me say anything else but that. But it was us taking a step into this. And I think when you ask for specifics, I, I actually really believe he, he gives them to you. I believe that he speaks to you. Do you guys realize that when these two went and got the room, do you realize this is the room that became the upper room? out of obedience to get ready for his death. The disciples, this was their home base afterwards. You see, when you walk by the Spirit, he does more than you can imagine. He was just thinking about preparation and for Passover, but God said, no, I'm going to use this for my disciples to get ready for Pentecost. I'm going to use this as my place. And when you're sitting here thinking about how can I get involved and going talk to different booths out there, you're like, well, what does that lead to? I'm just telling you, sometimes stop trying to figure it out. And let God be God. Man, after we prayed, I was like, well, I don't know what happened there. But I will tell you, there's some barriers, and I want you to write these down if you would, please. There's, there's barriers. Stephen Castillo says these, and I, I think these are really appropriate. Barriers to us actually what? Hearing from God. Number one barrier, it's not in order, is I just think fear gets in the way. I think all of us are like, I'm not talking to that guy. Number two is just we're just too busy anymore. We don't create room for the Holy Spirit to show up in our lives because we're too busy what if, what if you just took your phone and just put it away for an hour? Just give space for the Holy Spirit to move in your life. Outside of fear and busyness, one of these that I think is really powerful is, is false identity. 
What do we mean by that? I think we've labeled ourselves something that God doesn't see us like that. You know, that guy that came and unloaded his backpack with all these things, he was living in shame. And until he realized that he could be a new creation in Christ, he's going to live in that past false identity. Every one of us in this room can listen to the Holy Spirit and respond in a practical way if you live in your identity as I'm a follower of Yeshua. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not this old creation that I used to be. Just a simple other point here. I actually think some of us, we don't respond to the Holy Spirit. You ready for this? Because of theology. I think you go to churches, they don't talk about the Holy Spirit. And so until you are introduced to a healthy model of the Holy Spirit, you're kind of like, what is that guy even talking about? I want to just tell you this. When you start tapping into the Holy Spirit in your life, you'll begin to experience the fullness of God. Romans 8, 14 says, those that are led by the Spirit are sons of God, which means every one of us should be led by the Spirit of God. I love, love Ted Cruz. I, I actually believe, I see this constantly, of this man being led by the Spirit of God, and you've raised him well. Like, to me, it comes from a model of somebody modeling this for somebody else, somebody else modeling this for somebody else. Jesus is setting the stage for all of us to respond to the Holy Spirit. And just, can I just say number six? And lastly, I want to just say this. The reason I think many of us as followers of Jesus do not respond to the Holy Spirit is because we're dealing with unforgiveness still. I think bitterness is just in our heart, and you're not free to run. When you have a clear conscience and a clear heart, you can run. And you can run to any country, any neighborhood, any school, and be free. And can I just tell you this, as we, as we look to go to the very end of this text, in Luke twenty two thirteen, 13, Jesus, right, he gave them all these instructions, and then finally it says, so they went and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. This is your last point here. I believe that when you get the specifics, your job is to obey in faith. Obey. You could be all the way up to this point, but God might be asking you, now is the time to obey. You know, the, the Kosovo story, many of you might know the end result, but President Trump actually called the Kosovo president and the Serbia president, the heads, and they came. Do you guys remember this? And he met with both of them in the White House at the last year of President Trump's presidency. And they talked about the, the peace that they were going to work with. They talked about these different things. And then the Kosovo government announced, we're putting an embassy in Jerusalem. Do you realize that aside from the United States, and then at that time, Guatemala, the only other country that put their embassy in Jerusalem to support the Jews was an all-Muslim country. And I begin to think, you have got to be kidding me. This has nothing to do with me, nothing to do with Time Revive our team, but everything to do with you believing the Spirit of God can work in your life. You can shift the political climate because of the Spirit of God working in you. I've seen it in my own life. And if you were to ever say, well, how did you grow up? Did you grow up in the political system? I know nothing about that stuff. But I know a God who does. And I believe that he says he'll give us the Spirit of God, will give us the words that we need even before kings. 
You believe all of this is true or none of it. And if you believe this is true, you and I have an obligation before he comes back to obey in faith. And for me, I just think we make it too hard. My heart breaks, actually. Not over the the sin. Yes, it does over the sin in the culture. But my heart breaks because I believe we grieve the Holy Spirit in the church. And in that process, when we wake up to the Holy Spirit, I believe we'll see a move of God in this country. (laughs) Interesting enough, because of the Kosovo deal, (laughs) there's other countries that want to talk about Israel. I don't represent the United States. I don't represent Israel. I represent King Jesus. That's not a knock against any of the political system. I just, I'm prioritizing where my citizenship is. And when that works, watch God be God in your life. You know, there's a a little card that you all were given when you walked in, and there's a little wristband. Could you guys all grab that if you don't mind? Uh, These little colorful cards. I think you guys have them there as well. Well, can I borrow somebody's? <laughs> no, not that one. Can I borrow your card? Do you have the card? <laughs> hey, this is just keep it real. When you walk by the Spirit of God, thanks. It doesn't look pretty. Sorry. Can I have another one? I dropped it. I just need this colorful card. Okay, you guys are awesome. Thank you, Susan. <laughs> That's when you know God's working. All right. Thank you. That was really embarrassing. I'm sorry. Okay. Everybody see this? Now watch. When the Holy Spirit moves in your life, all I want to do is just very simply, and this isn't going to be a long process, I promise, but there's a wristband on there. I just want to encourage you guys. When we engage people, when we interact with people in Kosovo, after we met with the prime minister, Drew and I, we talked to a bunch of kids, literally Muslim kids about this. You're going to see this colorful wristband. All I want to just encourage you is just say, hey, ask people if what? If you can pray with them. That's it. You don't have to shove this down anybody's throat. Just say, hey, how can I pray for you? And when you're done praying, by the way, pray for them. Actually, do it. Don't be long-winded. You don't have to speak in tongues. You don't have to ask for anything. Just pray for what they want. And that's not a prosperity thing. Just pray. And then in the process, give them this wristband, would you? Say, can I give this to you as a reminder that somebody prayed for you? And that's it. And then watch what God does. If they look at it, say, hey, you got a couple minutes that I can read this to you and explain this to you? If not, then, hey, man, have a great day. Our job is not to close the deal, by the way. Our job is to represent Jesus. And so in the process, just look at your cards, would you, that I got and I almost fell. Thank you. You guys are awesome. You guys see there, there's a, a, a yellow verse on there. It says Romans 3.23. Okay, Romans 3.23. Oh, you guys are awesome. You're bringing it up to him now. See, that's the water jug person right here. That's when God provides. Does that make sense? No, I'm serious. Thank you. When you look at this Bible verse, here's what I want you to do. You give this little card to somebody and you say, hey, could you read Romans 3.23 out loud? And then you actually have them read it out loud. You have them read it out loud. The scripture just said, you know what, I, Bunny, I, God bless you, Bunny, but we're going to do this. Can I have another mic? Bunny, can we do this? Do you have another mic, Hunter, anybody? Well, just me and God. I just feel like I'm supposed to do this. Drew, let's just do this. Is there one on stage? Okay, thanks. Can I walk with it? 
Can it go out to the crowd? Let's try. Laura, you want to help? Thanks. Okay, this is my wife, Laura. Here's what I want to do. Everybody has the cards, okay? Thanks. Okay, Laura, you got to just pick somebody. Yeah, just pick somebody. Okay. Ask the Lord, okay. Okay, can somebody read Romans? Can you read the Romans 3.23 out loud? It should be on, hopefully. Is it on? Okay. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Amen. So your yellow word is sin. Can everybody just say sin? Look, the reason I believe many people don't share the gospel is we don't know where to start. Let's start. Okay, thank you very much. What was your first name, ma'am? Deborah. Thank you, Deborah. All right, we're going to go to Romans 6.23. Can everybody look at the card? Just look at your wristband, Laura. You want to pick somebody else? Don't do the Southwest thing. You guys know what the Southwest thing is? When you're walking down the aisle and if you do eye contact, you're like, oh, now I got to sit next to him. Just look at my wife. It'll be fine. Romans 6.23, if we can read this. You're given to the, there it is. We can't read it. It's, I don't have my glasses. Okay, just keep passing the mic. This is awesome. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Awesome, thank you. What was your name? Tim. Tim, all right. Deborah was the first one that read sin. Tim. You're gonna, you read death. Look, I want you to make sure everybody understands. The wages, something that you earn, it leads to death. Sin always leads to death. Sin leads to death. Everybody say death. Death, good. Here's the deal. When you leave, I want you to feel like you can engage the culture with the gospel. Sin leads to death. All right, we're going to go to number three, Romans 5.8. She came to the back row. Uh, do you mind reading Romans 5.8? Not at all. Thank you. But God demonstrates his own love. I'm having a hard time reading here. Um, toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Here's what I love. What's your name, ma'am? Rachel. Rachel. So we have Deborah, Tim, and Rachel. Here's what I love about this text God doesn't just tell us that he loves us, he shows us. And he shows us by his son, Jesus, dying on the cross. You can say this sounds simple, but you guys, every day I encounter people that have never heard this in their life. Every day. So can everybody just say love? Love. love. So sin leads to death, but by God's grace, his love takes it away. His love takes away the sin and death. Right, we're going to go to number four. We have two more left. That's it. Two more. Thank you for reading, by the way. And your last, the last person that read it was... Rachel, thank you. Let's go to Blue, if we can. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not by yourselves. It is, in the, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Amen. What was your name, sir? Leland. What is Leland. It? Leland. Leland. Thank you, Leland. Here's what I have found in America today in the church. If you ask most people, what does it look like to earn salvation? What does it look like to be with God in heaven? Most people, I bet nine out of 10 will all tell me they're good. There could be somebody in this room that's banking on their good to get in. And I just want to encourage you, it's a free gift. Because of God's grace, when you have faith in his love, the sin and death go away. Now, we could say, well, man, just get on with it. It's the gospel. We know this. I'm telling you, folks, more and more, when we get past the gospel, we miss the whole point. So your fourth word is faith. Can everybody just say faith? Faith. faith. Amen. Thanks for reading that, Leland. And then the last word, if we could, Laura, you want to read the, uh, go to the last one here? Thank you. Romans 10, 9 and 10. 
If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation, life. Amen. What was your name? Linda. Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. So just very simple. The scripture just says, when you have faith in what Christ did on the cross, you get eternal life. Either at some point you said yes and this was you, or at some point you've never done that and you say, I'd like to today. I've been in enough environments across the board to know that there's a really good chance even somebody in this room has never said yes to you, has never said yes to the Lord. And I want to just make it pretty clear. The scripture just says, when you say, Jesus, I want you to be in charge of my thoughts, my words, my actions, my marriage, my kids, everything. When I surrender it to you and I believe that you came back to life, that's when we receive eternal life. And you see, when you embrace Christ, that's when you can walk out the Holy Spirit. Some people have never been introduced to the Holy Spirit because they've never been introduced to Jesus. And I want to just say, every one of us can make the introduction to somebody else. Were you not blessed by that message? I mean, I am every time I hear it. I'm just so thankful for Kyle's life. I'm thankful for his obedience to the Holy Spirit. And I thank God for a teacher that can teach us how to hear the Lord and to be sensitive to his voice. As we're ending the end of this year, I want to challenge you. Will you be a part of our life in a great way? I know so many of you listen to this podcast, you're connected with us on our prayer calls, on our get out the vote efforts, through our curriculum, through all of our free content and resources. But I want to challenge you, will you help us reach more Christians to hear from the Lord, like Kyle talked about, to win the lost and to save America through our local communities? It is so important that the church rises up and gets outside the building right now. So I want to invite you into our story. As the year is ending, would you consider helping us monthly into 2024? Would you help us with $50, $25, $10 a month um, to help us sustain this ministry and to push out the things that we need to develop and to reach more Christians? Can you imagine the thousands of Christians that we can reach if we can raise the funds to reach them through social media? through this podcast, marketing this podcast, through our curriculum, through church outreach. So consider helping us with a monthly donation or a one-time large donation. If you give one time a year to ministries and you want to bless us at the end of the year and make sure you get your tax deduction because we are a 501c3, um, we would love you to do that. Just be obedient, hear from the Lord, and do what he's called you to do. Thank you so much, and we'll see you guys next year. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Conversations with Christians Engaged. 
Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't ever miss an episode. Also, please review it and share it with your friends. The easiest way to connect with us is to take the pledge on our website at christiansengage.org. There you can sign up for our weekly prayer text, our bi-weekly emails, and our voting reminders. Christians Engaged is supported by individuals just like you. Would you consider helping us with a monthly donation or a one-time gift? You can do that quickly at christiansengaged.org. What does America need in this hour? America needs you. We are here to serve you and encourage you as you impact your communities. Let's be Christians engaged for the well-being of our nation.